morning. We are in a very interesting part of uh, our time in this year where many of us are praying and believing the Lord for greater fruit uh, as we labor in hope, as we labor with expectation uh, for what uh, God is wanting to do in and through our lives. Uh, in just a few weeks, we aim to start our next season of the Alpha Course, and there are friends and uh, relatives and loved ones being prayed for and being invited. Interestingly, we are also going to be starting our next season of the marriage course, and we want to encourage everyone uh, who's part of our church to make the most of this opportunity in order to invite uh, their friends, their colleagues, couple friends that who you believe can be really blessed uh, with the marriage course. Uh, we aim to start on October 9th. And uh, this course is uh, for even couples from our church who've been through the marriage course maybe a couple of years back and you feel that uh, there needs uh, to be a refresher. So we want to encourage you to sign up for the marriage course. This is even open for uh, friends who are from other churches. So if you know of friends who would be blessed and benefited by the marriage course, please invite them to sign up. Uh, we'll be sending the details to you in a couple of days. Uh, and yes, please invite your own loved ones and friends and colleagues. And, and by way of Alpha, by way of the marriage course, uh, our aim is that we would be able to pray for our loved ones and friends. We would be able to uh, build uh, deeper relationships with them and therefore look for more opportunities in order to share the gospel with them. And it's possible that as you hear me right now, you're hearing about the Alpha, you're hearing about the marriage course, uh, you, you will hear about um, you know, me repeatedly uh, sharing uh, with you about, hey, have you shared the gospel with uh, your parents? Have you shared the gospel with your colleagues? You know, And it's not just limited to that. A couple of weeks back, I was in one of my relatives' house and uh, there was a friend who came in and uh, within a few minutes, the Lord helped me to start sharing the gospel with that person. Uh, and I was able to share clearly and even bring that person to a place where I could end the conversation by actually uh, helping the person understand that one day this conversation uh, would be brought before the Lord and that person. And that person needs to make a decision about, about pursuing God and pursuing a better understanding of the gospel, pursuing having their questions being answered. And uh, we're not just therefore limited to what we've known as our oikos. Uh, wherever we can make an opportunity or get an opportunity, we share the gospel. And as you hear me say all these things, it's possible that uh, if anybody who's listening to me right now on the Sunday morning is saying, Shannon, there's just so much happening in my life. I, you know, I'm just so cluttered and crowded in my work. Uh, we're just having a tough time in probably our marriage, in our family. We're just going through various challenges and things have not been easy. And I don't think I have the time and the space to think about Alpha or think about the marriage course or think about sharing the gospel with my loved ones. And, and here's my request to you. I don't think most people have anything easy. Everyone goes through their own challenges in their life. And 
we, we are not commanded to separate the things of God from the things of our life. And I think it's when we, when we see that clearly from scripture, when we invite the Lordship of Jesus in every part of our life and we make it our priority to seek him first and to seek his kingdom and to even seek his kingdom in every area of our life, that when, that's when we will see divine alignment. We will experience the peace, the ordering of God in every area of our life. We will experience the joy of the Lord. We will experience his commendation, his affirmation, and we will sense his pleasure in, 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 in our lives and in what we're going through. We will begin to see his hand in every area of our lives because we are making uh, his command our priority. So my encouragement to you is don't wait to sort your life out because outside of God and outside of us obeying his commandment, there is no sorting out. Unless we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then the rest will not fall in place. So when first is first and what's central is central, then everything comes in alignment and everything comes in its right orbit. I, I hope that's clear. And this morning, I want to actually share with you 10 reasons why Christians should share the gospel. And I say this in the context of us getting ready to run the marriage course, getting ready to run Alpha. And all of these things are just for us prayerfully pursuing uh, to make opportunities and to gain opportunities for us to share the gospel um, with as many people as we can in our lifetime. You know, so 10 reasons, here's 10 reasons why Christians, you and me should share the gospel. Number one, we have been commanded to do so. In Mark 16, 15, in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, uh, Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, let me read that, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that is clear, simple, uh, explicit command for us. And we don't need any of the other nine reasons. A true disciple of Jesus Christ would have this command enough. This is enough. Jesus has commanded us to go into all the world, you know, your world, my world, the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. We're called to preach it. I've sometimes heard people say and quote um, a statement like, uh, yeah, preach the gospel, but only use words when necessary. In, in other words, your life should speak of it. Well, I want to say that's complete nonsense. You know, the Bible is very clear that it was by the wisdom of God that he decided that people would be saved by the foolishness of the preaching of the gospel, you know? So the simple thing of us preaching the gospel and people hearing it, God does his wonderful work of convicting people of sin, transforming their hearts, you know, taking away the heart of stone, giving them a heart of flesh, giving them a new spirit, and, you know, turning them from sinners into his saints by his grace. And God does that when we preach uh, the gospel, beloved. And so we have been commanded by the Lord to go and preach the gospel. That's enough for a true disciple, for a true follower of Jesus. That is more than enough. Nevertheless, let's go ahead for our encouragement. The second reason why we need to share uh, the gospel is because, beloved, this is horrific, but hell exists. Hell exists, my brothers and sisters. So Jesus said, uh, but in, in Luke 12, 5, but I will show you whom you should fear. 
feared him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Now, the way this, this statement is put is very clear that hell is something uh, that should be dreaded. And we must above all fear God who's, who alone has the right to cast someone into hell. And if hell didn't exist, we would have a legitimate excuse for being passive. But we have God's word primarily and even our own common sense to tell us what awaits unrepentant sinners, how cold-hearted we would be to not warn people of his reality. It is, it is human instinct, the way God has created us in his image, that when we do see danger, when we see even a stranger in danger, uh, you know, we leap out and, 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 and announce a warning. It's, it's natural for us to do. We do that with our children. We do that with our loved ones. Hey, be careful. Hey, hey do, be careful. There's a car coming. Or, or we say, don't do that. You know, you get hurt. You know, that's human nature. It's instinctive to warn people and to be concerned if, if something is something hurtful or harmful is ahead of them. And how much more when it comes to hell, beloved? It is an eternally irreversible uh, condition to be sent to hell. And Jesus uh, commands us to take responsibility to warn people of what awaits them if they choose to be uh, unrepentant or ignorant, even ignorant about the gospel. So, you know, the Apostle Paul writes, how will they hear if uh, no one tells them? And how will, uh, how will they hear if no one goes to them? And so, beloved, we need to take that responsibility on ourselves. And, and warn people of what awaits them if they ignore or reject uh, the gospel or they are unrepentant. Number three, we strive to love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. You know, uh, you, 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 one of the things that I believe that we do so well as, our, as, our nation, as a nation is that we, we celebrate, you know, heroes who sacrifice their lives for people in our nation, people in our community, whether it's a firefighter or whether it's a soldier who's, who's at the border. You know, they put their lives at risk. They even lay down their lives. Uh, you will hear of, of fires that have broken out in a place, and you will hear of firefighters who lost their lives in, in, in that rescue. Uh, beloved, a firefighter rescuing people from a burning building may be fearful. We think that they don't have fears, they don't have concerns that when they're going out on a mission, that this could be uh, something that could cost their lives. Of course they do. But they, and, and they would prefer to be at home. But a firefighter ignores his fears. He puts aside his fears. He denies himself and he pursues the mission to rescue people. Beloved, like a firefighter, our thoughts are not to be on ourselves, but on the fate of those who are perishing. Let me remind you, if you are truly a child of God, your eternal destiny is, is secure. You have been and I have been secured for eternity. For us, death is not a punishment. For us, death has no effect and no consequence on us. You know, Jesus told Mary uh, near the tomb of Lazarus, 
he who believes in me has already passed from death into life because I am the resurrection and the life. And so my brothers and sisters, for us, our lives have been secured for eternity. A firefighter who doesn't know Jesus doesn't know that, but he still puts his life uh, at stake. And so how much more us when we know that we have this assurance, should we not stick our heads out and go out there and share the gospel with those who are perishing? In, in Jude 22, 23, Jude writes, and on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. That's what we are called to do. We are firefighters. From this moment onwards, remind yourself, you and I, I'm a firefighter. I rescue people. You know, I rescue people from an eternal fire, from eternal flames of torment. So, beloved, we are a people on a mission. Let us put aside our fears, deny ourselves, and be willing to pay the price because God has secured us uh, for now and much more for eternity. Fourthly, obedience is the evidence of our salvation. The Bible says that Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to those who obey him. You know, we see that in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9. Now, we are not saved by our obedience. That's ridiculous. You know, no one can save himself or herself by our own good works. How does our good works match the eternal infinite goodness of God? Not possible. We're clear on that. You know, we are obedient because we are saved. So we are not saved by our obedience. But because we are saved, we are obedient. Our obedience is a result of our salvation. Our obedience is a result of us knowing and experiencing the love of God. And, and Jesus said this in Luke 6, 46. He made it so clear that what is the evidence of his lordship in our lives? Luke 6, 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? So how is it that we can say, Jesus, you're my Lord, uh, but I don't obey your commands. You know, I don't pray for the lost. I don't pray for my, for my loved ones and my colleagues. I, I don't feel a burden. I don't feel that, that desire uh, to share the gospel with them. I don't think about sharing the gospel. I don't look for opportunities to share the gospel uh, with them. And so, beloved, uh, there would be something very uh, deeply unhealthy if we don't feel the, the need and the burden to obey Jesus, you know, especially when it comes to sharing the gospel with people. So, beloved, obedience is the evidence of our salvation. Number five, to remain in silence is a sin. As soon as the Holy Spirit was, was given or poured out on the day of Pentecost, the apostles began or the disciples began to preach the gospel. They did it immediately. God had granted everlasting life to dying humanity. You know, as the hymn says, you know, the floodgates of heaven you know, opened wide and God kissed the earth with his mercies. So, beloved, the disciples, they could not stay in the upper room because God's love provoked them to reach out to the lost and so we see that. What is the evidence that, you know, we've been impacted by the love of God? Our hearts have been set on fire by the love of God. You know, we want to, we, we want to tell people about Jesus, right? 
and and James four seventeen, the James writes, "To him who knows to go, do good and does not do it, to him it is sin." I repeat, "To him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin." You know, I I I honestly, genuinely find it abnormal, and I think it's not just to be uh, said that I personally find it abnormal. But biblically, it is seriously abnormal that a person claims to be a follower of Jesus, claims to have experienced the love of God, be born again, but does not at all uh, share the gospel with those around him or her. I find that really abnormal. You know, I, I still remember '93 when the Lord saved me. I was so excited. The love of God that I had come to understand and experience, what I had come to know. You know, it set me on fire to share the gospel with my friends, with my relatives. I went in a way berserk. And you know what? It was not just for six months. It was not just for a year. You know, all throughout my college years, all throughout when I was doing my management, even when I got into work, or even, even with strangers, you know, on a, on a train journey, you know, I would look for an opportunity to share with people. It was just natural, you know. It was not that Shannon was great or he's spiritual, but Shannon has experienced something that is beyond himself and how can he keep it to himself, you know. So I would look for, even till today, I look for an opportunity to share with somebody about Jesus, about his love, about his sacrifice. And, and the Bible says that for him who knows to do good, who has it, you know, the greatest thing that you have is not your money. The greatest thing you have is not your gifting and your talent. The greatest thing that you have is not your house. The greatest thing that you and I have is the gospel. And beloved, we received it freely. Freely we received it. Jesus paid the highest price for it. That doesn't mean it's cheap because he paid the highest price for it. But you and I received it freely. How can we keep it to ourselves? You know, we ought to be sharing the gospel to everyone that we can. And salvation may come quietly, somebody said, but you cannot keep quiet about it if you are genuinely saved. It is the greatest and most powerful experience that one can ever have. So to remain in silence is a sin, my brother and my sister. Sixthly, evangelism deepens our walk with God. Oh, yes, it does. You know, nothing teaches a fisherman like fishing. Interacting with the lost results in greater confidence and faith in God because we keep rehearsing the gospel. So in Philemon 4 to 6, the writer writes, hearing of your love and faith, which you have towards the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the knowledge of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So when we share the gospel consistently, you know, our lives are experiencing a greater deepening in God. Our relationship with God deepens because when I'm sharing the gospel, beloved, you know, I am abiding in the gospel. I'm living out from the gospel. I'm sharing the gospel. As I rehearse the gospel, the, go the gospel becomes more absorbed in every area and aspect of my life. And I see the benefit of that. 
as my love for God grows, as my love for people grows, as my faith gets strengthened, my hope gets strengthened, because all of that and much more is rooted in the gospel. So divine alignment, peace, the order of God, the shalom of God, you know, the joy of the Lord, which ought to be our strength, is experienced when we obey Jesus' command of seek ye first the kingdom of God. Ask God to help you pursue him, his command, and the things on his kingdom. And as I said earlier, just at the start of this message, don't separate the things of your life from the things of God. Get them married. Let the things of God dominate. Let the Lordship of Jesus dominate. Invite his Lordship in every area of your life. And even your work will become meaningful because you will make it worshipful. You will use your work to worship God. You will work unto God. And your, and your work becomes a place where you're able to be an ambassador of Christ, your place of work. You begin to see yourself as an ambassador of Christ, representing Jesus in that place. And you're always praying for that place and looking for options. I remember my time when I was in KPMG and I would pray for my colleagues. I would pray for my bosses. I would, I would pray for that place. I, I, I would look for opportunities to share the gospel uh, with my friends and my colleagues. And I did that. I did that. I did that with almost all of the people in my department. I shared the gospel with them. I invited them for gospel meetings. Um, I remember the last day in 2006, just before I came into full-time ministry, and uh, I knelt down, you know, and I prayed and I said, Lord, would you please save each one of the people in this place? I had good, I had bad experiences, but on that last day, it didn't matter. What mattered was whether those people, you know, my managers, auditors, my, my directors, whether they would receive the gift of eternal life. Beloved, the colleagues who are with you right now in your workplace, they won't be there with you for long. You may move out, they may move out. But you know what? One day there will be a standing before God. Don't miss this opportunity, the time that you have in order to pray for them and share the gospel with them. And beloved, when you do that, you will experience a greater deepening in your relationship with God. In every area of your life, your work life, your career will become meaningful, will become beautiful, not just a pursuit of money and career. All those things are there, but those things outside of God have no meaning. You know, they have absolutely no meaning. It's just for this life. But when you begin to pursue the things of God in every area of your life, every role and responsibility from your marriage to your family, your parenting, your finances, your work, your career, you know, you're you, you being a neighbor in your building, in your community, everything becomes meaningful because you're pursuing the purpose of God in and through everything. Seventhly, the seventh thing, it causes us to search the scriptures. Why? Because while you share the gospel, you need to have answers. You know, we cannot share the gospel with earthly wisdom. We have to have the mind, the thought, and the wisdom of God. So wanting to know how to answer every man and woman will send us back to God's word. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul writes, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So it calls for good Bible study. It calls for, you know, having good theological foundations. It calls for understanding on, on apologetics. You know, we're planning to have a meeting on September 25th with Professor Jude D'Souza. And I've, I've informed you on what the topic is. And if you want to know, in case you missed out, send me a text. And we're doing a whole day training on, on helping people to be equipped to engage on a specific topic and plan to do that on September 25th. But um, why are we doing this? You know, as, as you not only learn about, uh, you know, the topic, 
but you will learn that in the light of God's word. And so um, I remember, you know, Professor Jude sharing with me that how uh, as far as was getting saved, and especially after she got saved, you know, she would almost call him up every day and she would ask him questions from the Bible, from what she was reading. And she always carried that hunger to know God more. And, and she, would, she would look for opportunities to share the gospel uh, with the people around her. So beloved, when we share the gospel with people, you know, they will ask us questions. Maybe we will not have the answers, but that doesn't have to disappoint us. There's no human being who has all the answers. So we go back to the scriptures. We go back to books. We go back to tools. We refer and our understanding of God, his word just gets more deeper, more clearer. When concepts get clearer, our convictions get stronger and our witness becomes more effective. You know, eight. It, it deepens our gratitude for the cross. Oh, yes, when we rehearse the gospel, we exalt God the Father who gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish in their sins but have eternal life. When we, ex when we share the gospel, we exalt Jesus, uh, the Lamb of God who was slain for us. You know, our Savior and our Lord, our Good Shepherd, who laid down his life for us. When we exalt, uh, when we share the gospel, we exalt the Holy Spirit on whom we are dependent. Because he is the true Lord and the life giver. There is no genuine experience of salvation without the Holy Spirit giving life to the hearer. So <clears throat> it deepens our gratitude for the cross. As we continually preach the cross, it will deepen our understanding of what God did for us. In Christ, the Bible says that God the Father was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Wow, what a statement. On the cross, God was in Christ, God the Father, reconciling the world unto himself. You know, we find ourselves practicing what we preach. So we will be frequently thinking about the cross. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, the Apostle Paul writes, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. What a statement. Here is a scholar of scholars, brilliant mind. The apostle Paul studied under the best of his day. You know, a man who was known and accepted in all the synagogues in and around and even outside of Israel. He is called brilliant scholar. And he says, I determined, not scattered in his thinking. He said, here is laser focus. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, the gospel and the gospel alone. And everything that he did was gospel-based and gospel-centered. Number nine, it, it deepens our prayer life. Yes, because we cannot save people. You know, only God does. Only God can change hearts. We are messengers. We are carriers of the news. We share the gospel, uh, but we know that God is the one who has to work. So we have also responsibility to pray for people because God hears and answers our prayer. That's why I, I want to ask you, do you, do you have a list of your oikos? Have you been praying for it individually? Do you pray for it in your life groups? You gather together with friends during the week and make a couple of calls and say, you know, I need to pray for, would you please pray for me? I pray for you. But can we also pray for our oikos? You know, it deepens our prayer life. We reveal our love for the lost by pondering on their fate. And as a result, we cannot help but cry out to God for them. You know, have you shared the gospel with mom, my friend? Have you shared the gospel with dad? Have you shared the gospel with your uncles and aunties, with your cousins, with your colleagues, you know, with your friend? You know, think about it. 
you know, where are they headed right now? In which direction uh, towards eternity? And beloved, the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 10.1, when he thought about the fate of the Israelites and Israel as a nation, he wrote this, Romans 10.1, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Is that your heart's desire? And is that your prayer for your mom, dad, uncle, aunties, cousins, friends, colleagues, neighbors, relatives? Is that your heart's desire? If that's your desire, then that will be your prayer. <clears throat> our fears and sense of inadequacy will drive us to our knees, the safest place for a Christian. You know, so the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 10, that he bears all these things for Christ's sake. You know, all the persecution that he went through, all the trials and testings. He says, I'm willing to accept all of it in this life for Christ's sake and for the sake of those who need to hear the gospel. For when I'm weak, then I am strong because in our weakness, God's strength is manifested. And last but not the least, you know, the 10th reason we have been commanded to imitate Paul. Wow, we have been commanded to imitate Paul and more than Paul, even Jesus. Because that's what Jesus and his uh, apostle, the Paul, did. Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were sick, delivering all who were oppressed by the devil, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And that's what the apostle Paul did. Paul showed his love for God and for sinners by his obedience to the Great Commission. You know, in First Corinthians chapter 10, 33 to 11, uh, you know, 30, 10 to chapter 10 was 33, up to chapter 11 was one. He says, I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but for the profit of many, that they may be saved. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Imitate me. So Paul is saying, I see. I also please all men in all things. I'm pursuing them. I'm, I'm, I'm helping them uh, experience and know the love of God. You know, I sacrifice things so that I can reach out to them and be with them. Not seeking my own profit. This is not for any personal profit or gain, but for the profit of many. What is that profit that, that the apostle Paul was seeking? That they may be saved. That they would hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And they would be born again into the kingdom of God. My beloved, for your benefit, I just want to quickly just share the 10 points. Number one, 10 reasons why Christians should share the gospel. Number one, we have been commanded to do so. Number two, because hell exists. Number three, we strive to love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. Number four, obedience is the evidence of our salvation. And so we obey the Lord and his command. Number five, to remain in silence is a sin, beloved. We need to share the gospel. Number six, evangelism deepens our personal walk with God and our lives become meaningful and fruitful in every area and aspect of our life. So we don't separate the things of our life from the things of God because that would be disastrous. Number seven, it causes us to search the scriptures because we need to give meaningful biblical answers. And so it results in better Bible study and clearer concepts, deeper convictions, and we are able to be an effective witness for Christ. In number eight, it deepens our gratitude for the cross. When we rehearse the gospel and when we share the gospel, we abide more deeply and we live out the gospel more strongly. It deepens our prayer life because what we desire to see for the people around us, it causes us to pray for them and make us more dependent on them. Number 10, 
we have been commanded to imitate our Lord Jesus and the Apostle Paul. Beloved, let's pray right now. And I want to encourage you right now to remember your oikos, to remember your mom and dad, your grandparents if they're alive, your uncles, aunties, your cousins, your friends, your colleagues. Right now, can you think of three or five names? And can you bring out those names before the Lord? You know, is there somebody that you need to invite for the marriage course? The marriage course is, is, is a tool to surely bless your marriage. And if their marriage is blessed, then their family is blessed. But even more and beyond that, we look for opportunities as we build relationship with them through the marriage course, that we will be able to invite them for Alpha, which will give us an opportunity to share the gospel with them. So beloved, everything that we do must have a purpose. And the purpose is clear. It's no hidden agenda. The purpose is clear. We want people to know and experience the love of God by the preaching of the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's pray, beloved. Take these few moments right now as I pray with you. You know, bring out those names before the Lord. You know, and bring yourself and say, Lord, help me. So let's break this prayer into two parts. Firstly, pray for yourself. If, if you've been separating your life from the things of God, if you've been resisting uh, the command of the Lord, now's the time to ask the Lord for forgiveness and say, Lord, forgive me for doing that. But right now, I, I receive your Lordship, Jesus, in every area of my life. Lord, uh, I just pray for myself. I pray for every brother and sister of mine right now listening to this message. Lord, we surrender our lives to you, Lord Jesus. We surrender our lives to you. We pray that you forgive us, Lord, for uh, God resisting you, resisting you, Holy Spirit, and resisting your Lordship in our lives, God. That we've been trying to manage our own lives outside of your Lordship, outside of the things of your kingdom. And, and we've been trying to uh, think that we will try to give you some time to do some kind of ministry. Lord, forgive us for falling into this kind of deceptive, uh, foolish thinking, Lord. I pray that you would help us to come back to you, God, with all our heart, with all our soul, mind, and strength, that we surrender our life to you, Lord Jesus. And we invite you to take charge and control of our lives. Every area and aspect of our life we bring unto you, Lord. And we pray that you would help us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Lord, that every area of our life would fall in its right place, in its right priority, in its right orbit. You be first and central in our lives. And help us to seek your kingdom, God, as your ambassadors, as your children, as your disciples, as your witnesses. Lord, that we would take responsibility of the people you brought in and around our lives. Even, even, even people that we don't know. But beginning with the people who are in our lives, Lord, our oikos, our parents, our grandparents, our friends. Lord, our, our close friends, our colleagues, who we meet every day, almost every day of the week for hours. Lord, we pray that you would help us to share the gospel with them. Oh, Lord, we pray right now for people that we can invite for the marriage course, for people for Alpha. Lord, prepare their hearts that they would not say no, but they would say yes. Remove every barrier, every hindrance, oh God. Take it away, Lord Jesus. Let their hearts become a good ground. And Lord, that their, their minds would be open. Uh, to the light of the gospel. Oh, Lord, by your spirit, draw them unto your son, Jesus, our Father. Jesus, draw them to the Father, Lord. And we pray that in this week, as we reach out to them, as we make those calls, probably even try and meet them, uh, God, you would help us to, uh, Lord, gain a positive response from them. As we send the invite, as we send the promo videos, Lord, as we make those calls, Lord, we pray that you would work in their hearts. Lord, help us to move from a place of stagnancy to fruitfulness. 
personally, God, even, even with serve as a church, uh, God, we just don't want to be doing meaningless activities. We don't want to even do any course, uh, Lord, just, just for the sake of doing it, just because others are doing it, we do it. No, Lord, help us to take personal responsibility and ownership uh, of your command to go into the world. We want to sow in hope uh, to receive fruit. God, we want to pray knowing that you hear and answer prayer. We want to take steps in faith knowing that you honor faith, oh God. And all of this, not because of who we are, what we've done, but because of who you are and what you have done and what you can and will do in and through our lives. For we are yours. We thank you, Lord, for this Sunday morning. Bless your people, God, who are listening to this message and who will listen to it. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 The Lord bless you and have a great uh, day. Enjoy your day with your family and the Lord bless your week. We'll be in touch. God bless you. Mm -hmm.